So we're going to pray tonight for a spiritual awakening in our community. How, how many of you believe we need a spiritual awakening in our community? You know, people talk about praying for a revival. And a, a revival, if we pray for a revival, that means that you used to be, you used to have some life. So you need to be revived. Well, I don't believe that people that are not believers need to be revived because they've never been vived. And so we're praying for an, an awakening, a spiritual awakening in our community that people would recognize they had their need for a Savior, recognize that the gospel is beautiful and is the answer for their life. And so that's what we're going to focus on. Do you have a, a, a prayer paper that you got back by the camera? This is back by that middle camera. If you didn't get a prayer paper, it's, we have six prayer focuses that are all connected with praying for a spiritual awakening. So thank you guys for being here. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to, the worship team is going to play some some songs. We're going to worship the Lord. And then I'm going to come up and I'm going to pray the first prayer focus. Most of you have been here for the the prayer nights. But if you haven't, uh, I'm going to read a scripture connected with what we're going to pray. And I'm going to lead out in prayer. And then I'm going to ask that you would, after I'm done praying, break into a circle. You know, three, four, five people. And... And you guys pray about what we just prayed on. You pray about that prayer focus. And so there's six prayer focuses. So at some point, each of you will have a chance to, to pray about that certain prayer focus. And so you'll pray for a couple minutes in your group. And then the next prayer leader will come up and he'll change, change the prayer focus. And so we'll kind of go through that pattern. All right. You guys ready? Amen. Once you stand to your feet, I'm going to open in prayer and then we will worship the Lord. God, we just thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for the privilege of gathering together as a, as a body of Christ. Lord, we, we do not take this lightly. We, we count it a privilege to gather together to pray. And Lord, I, I know that you hear our prayers, that you are a God who hears and answers prayers. And so, Lord, we're coming together tonight for the purpose of praying for those in our community and our region that don't know you that need to be awakened spiritually, that need to be awakened to the reality of their need for a Savior. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would pray according to your will. I pray that we would be led by your Holy Spirit as we pray. And, and I ask, God, that, that our prayers would be powerful and effective. Amen. They would accomplish everything that you desire them to accomplish. And Lord, I, I just thank you for tonight. What a great privilege we have to gather. And, and I just pray that you would unify us together in one heart, in one mind, for one purpose tonight, to pray for those that don't know you. But we set aside this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God, you are holy. God, you're holy. You're worthy. God, you're worthy that we would worship you. God, you're holy. And it is a wonder that we, as unholy people, can come into your presence. It's only, only possible by your blood. It's only possible because of your great mercy. So we thank you, Lord, that you provided a way for us, as unholy people, to come into the presence of a holy God. Through the blood of your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would never lose sight of the wonder of that. 
Lord, we just surrender to you tonight. Lord, we, we set aside our agendas and our ideas and we just ask God that you would move in our hearts we ask God that you would hear our prayers Lord may our prayers be pleasing to you tonight God may we be pleasing to you tonight we, we love you we love you Lord you're so good to us you're so good to us your loving kindness and your mercy they never end you're so good to us we don't deserve it we don't deserve it Lord if any of us got what we deserved we wouldn't be here the fact that you're merciful to us is enough reason for us to worship you forever and Lord that is what we will do worship you forever as your redeemed children your sons and your daughters we worship you Jesus we thank you that you're here with us your word says that you inhabit you dwell amongst the praises of your people Lord your word says also that when brothers dwell together in unity that you command the blessing there and Lord I thank you that your blessing is here that There's a blessing connected with unity, and we thank you for that blessing that we have. Lord, now we're we're switching our focus, Lord, to, to pray, to intercede for those that don't know you in our community. God, you have called our church. You have called our church to make an impact in this community. You've called us as a people to not live just for ourselves, to not live for ourselves, but to live for you, to live for others, to glorify you and lift up your name. God, you planted us as a church, as Living Word Church, in a city, in a community, in a region. And you've given us influence as a church. And Lord, we want to use that influence to reach out beyond our borders and to make an impact in this community, not for our name's sake, or for our glory, Lord, but for your namesake and for your glory. And Lord, I I pray that that desire and that burden for the lost, Lord, would grip my heart, would grip all of our hearts as a congregation at Living Word Church. And I pray that we would always make it a priority of our lives to intercede for our community. Lord, we, we need a spiritual awakening in this community. You know, if you, if, you, if you think about the churches in our community, if you start going through the list of the churches, you know, there, there's, I mean, I don't know if I'm completely accurate, but I believe that there's a couple of other churches in our community that are about our size, maybe a little smaller, similar size. And, and, then, you, and then you combine all the other churches in the area and you just combine all those numbers. I don't believe we're even scratching the surface as a Christian community as far as those that are in, the, in, in our area that, that, that don't know Jesus. I mean, we're, like, if, if, if a, a spiritual awakening that we're praying for began to take place, we would not have the room 
to house the people on Sunday mornings that would be here. We would have to, we'd have to go to five or six services here on, on, at Living Word Church. And this building seats uh, 1,780 people. I counted every chair. I believe that's accurate. And we wouldn't be able to house the people. And so I believe that our definition of impact needs to change in the church. We are making an impact and we're making good impact in the lives that come, but, but we want to see others come. And, 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 and what the focus has to be that, that we would be mobilized as a body of believers to impact those in the world. And that we would make an impact and that, and that through the glory of God shining through our life that, that people would see, they'd come and they'd, they'd want to know what, what is it about you, about your life be attracted to the gospel in your life and you'd invite them here you'd be preaching the gospel to them they'd come here we'd preach the gospel to them here and God would just one by one make impact in people's lives and that that's what I want us to do that's what I want us to to believe for what what else would we believe for that's why we exist now I'm going to pray this first prayer focus tonight is that we would pray that people would see their great need you know, if a spiritual awakening is going to take place in an individual's life, if, some, if an individual is going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they must first see they have a need. You can never be saved if you don't understand you need saving. Isn't that right? If you don't know that you need saving, then you don't, you don't, you're not going to look for the life preserver. And I think there's so many people that are drowning in an ocean of sin and depression and anxiety and rebellion against God and they're addicted and they're overwhelmed and, and, and the life preserver is there but they don't even know, they don't recognize that they need it. And so that's what we want to pray. That's the first thing that I want to pray. And you know, there's a scripture in Revelation chapter 3. I, I, I want Chuck to put it up here. And this is a, um, a letter to the church at Laodicea. Laodicea. And, and this is... What would, what would be considered a false church. A church that claimed to be a church, but they were not believers. And so this would represent people that don't know Jesus. And listen, listen to what Jesus tells this church. He says, For you say, I am rich, and I have prospered, and I need nothing. You believe that, you believe that you're okay. You believe that you're okay. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Those are definitions of people that don't know the Lord. Wretched, pitiable, blind, naked. They, have, they don't know the Lord. They, they think they're okay. They think, they, they think they're okay, but they're not. And listen to what Jesus says there. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. And that's what the gospel does. And so we want to pray. The first thing we want to pray tonight is that the people in our community that need a spiritual awakening, that they would recognize. Let's put that scripture back up. That they would recognize that they are poor, that they're blind, that they're naked, and that they're, and that they're wretched. That's what we want them to recognize, that they They are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So, Lord, we come before you tonight. And, Lord, we do pray for a spiritual awakening in our community that men and women, boys and girls, 
that people all around this community, Lord, that they believe that they have no need of nothing. They don't recognize their spiritual need. God, we pray, God, that they would see it, that they would recognize it. God, that they would come to understand that, that, that you are real, that there is a God and that he exists. God, I pray that according to Romans 1, God, that, that those that suppress the truth of a creator, of a God, that they look at creation and they can recognize and see that God exists. God, I pray that that truth that they are suppressing, God, I pray that they would surrender to that truth. I pray, Lord, that they would recognize it and see it and know it. And God, that it would set them on a journey to follow the path of truth, to recognize that their life is not the result of a cosmic accident, to recognize that they have a loving creator that created them and designed them and called them. God, I pray that they would see it. God, I pray, God, that they would recognize it. Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes to see. Open their eyes to see. Lord, only you can do that. Only you can do that, Lord. Your word says that no man comes unto the Father unless the Spirit draws him first. And Lord, only you can do that. Open their eyes to see their great need. That they're they're lost and they must be found. That they're dead and they must be called back to life. That they're blind and they must see, Lord. Open their eyes, Lord. And I pray, God, that we would have a burden for it. That we would continue to pray that spiritual eyes would be opened spiritual eyes would be open Lord and I pray for those that are in the church those that are in churches all around our community those that are in the, in this church and other churches Lord if they fall into that category and they believe they're okay they believe that they're right with you God if they're not God I pray that they would be awakened to know their great need and that they would surrender they would drop their false religious ideas And they would cling to nothing else but Christ alone. Lord, that's what we pray. God, let us see our need. Let them see their need. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, let's break up into small groups, just three, four, five of you. And just pray. Pray that. I I prayed. You agreed with me in prayer. But just break up into a group. And just pray that. And let one of you lead. And then for the next prayer focus, the the next person can lead.
Amen. The second thing we want to pray for tonight is that a spiritual hunger for God would develop across our community. I was thinking about Joshua, who was the successor to the mighty Moses. And one thing stuck out about him and has always kind of been an encouragement to me. Moses would go into the tent of meeting and he would meet with God as a friend face to face. And then he would leave and go his way. And it said that Joshua would remain at the door of the tent. He couldn't go in. He wasn't in that position, but he had a hunger and he would stay there and he would remain. And when it came time for God to choose a successor, it was that Joshua, which in Hebrew is the same name as our Lord, Yeshua. The thing about Revelations 3 is that was written to a church. They thought they had it. They thought they had everything. We don't want to be that way. So we also have to have that hunger. If we're going to produce that hunger in others, the fields are white. God needs to give us that hunger to recognize that, that the fields are white unto harvest. And he promised it's conditional. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So I'm thankful for that. What a song. The more I seek you, the more I find you. That's what I'm praying for this community. That the more we as a church would seek, the more those in the community would seek, the more they would find him. What beautiful words. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hand. I was reading in my studies this week for a psychology class about this guy named Pavlov. And he was doing an experiment and stumbled across a theory that we're still studying today is the theory of classical conditioning. And he was studying the salivation of dogs. Now, that's kind of funny that why he was doing that at the end of the 20th century, I don't know. But he came across a principle of learning that eventually just the footsteps falling on the floor to come and bring the meat powder to the dogs would cause salivation. Before that stimulus of the meat powder was ever there, the hunger kicked in. And from that began a lot of research into how people learn. Well, there's a spiritual side to that, and that's what I'm praying for tonight. Lord, as we bow our heads before you, I just ask, God, that as we, the bearers of your image, your children, adopted into your family, partakers of the divine nature, as we walk throughout this community, that just our footsteps... When we enter a room, when we enter our jobs, just our footsteps, God, would produce that hunger by the spirit that dwells in us. 
you said that you have meat that we know not of. You said that to your disciples. God, we're hungry for that meat. We don't want just just milk. We want to be exercised in the deep things of God. We hunger and we thirst for your righteousness, God. And let our hunger be contagious. Let people see our lives and say, I want some of what you have. I want some of what you've been eating. Some of what you've been drinking. And let us drink from that cup in your hand. God, produce that hunger. Produce that hunger in this community. And the scripture that we're going to look at tonight in Isaiah says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. God, give him that kind of hunger. In Jesus' name, amen. You may break up into your groups.
as we continue with our next prayer focus. What we want to look at here is we would pray that the gospel would move forward with power. And the first verse we're looking at here tonight on that is Romans 1.16. And it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And as Paul's speaking here, and we don't have verse 15 up there, but previously he says that he's eager to preach the gospel. And then all right here he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And the gospel is used in two different ways here. In verse 15 it's used as just that, the good news. But Paul takes it to another level when he goes in verse 16 and he says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And what he's speaking of there is glad tidings. He's speaking of the very specific thing that Christ did in his life. That the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has saved him. And that's where the power comes from. So the very part, church, before we, we can leave these walls and we can get out here into our community is that we understand that the, that the advancement of the gospel is what's going to change lives. That without that, we are wretched sinner, just like it was in Revelation 3. And that's who we are, but that we serve a God that's there. And then we look here in Ephesians 6.18, it says, For at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And look at it right here, what it says. It says, there's there's four or five different key points here. One, that we pray at all times in the Spirit. We pray at all times. That we pray all prayer and supplication. That we keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We see that word all over and over again. And he says, and also for me, that the words may be given to me, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. And that mystery is what Jesus Christ did for us, that finished work of the cross. So God, I pray, Father, that we will not be ashamed of the gospel. And God, not just the gospel that we've heard about, not just the gospel that we've read about, but God, the very gospel that's been lived out in our lives as believers. As we've come to know you through faith, that you are the Christ, God. And that we would walk in that boldly, God, and we would proclaim that, Father. God, because that work that you did in our life is is nothing that anyone can take from us. God, that our prayers, Father, would be at all times. And not just when we wake up in the morning, God, not just when we have problems, but God, that we would seek your face. And God, that we would seek prayer in every situation. And God, that that prayer would come in all forms and fashions. God, from thanksgiving, God, to supplication, God, to adoration. God, to every area of our life, God, that we would be quick, God, to pray. God, that we would be quick to seek the throne of God in every area of our lives. God, that we would be alert. God, that as we're walking through our workplaces, God, as we're walking through areas with our schools, with our children, and that we would be intentional and sensitive, God, to the work that you're doing around us. God, that the people around us, God, would not just be there by chance, God, that it would not just be an accident that we run into someone, God, but because, Father, you were setting up things. God, so that your gospel, Father, would be boldly proclaimed. And, God, that we would pray for all the saints. God, that we would gather around one another as a body of believers. And whether it be corporately on a Sunday or a Wednesday, at a Bible study, at a life group meeting, God, in our individual prayer times, God, that we would lift up the body of Christ. 
God, that we would be busy about, Father, building value in the people around us. God, that we would truly see that every person here in the church is a member of the body. And, Father, we need them, and, God, they need us. And, God, that every part of it is integral and a part of you, Father, to advance your gospel. And, God, that we would boldly proclaim it in every area. And that we would not be ashamed of it. And that we would not be ashamed of the work, God, that you've done in our lives. And God, that we would understand the power, that it is the power of God to change the lives of people around us. God, in Jesus' mighty name, Father, we pray for this awakening in this church, God, in this community. And God, we believe that it will, and the only way that it will come, Father, is through the proclamation of the gospel. God, in Jesus' mighty name, Father, God, thank you. Amen. Can break up into groups. Tonight, I want to pray that God would use believers to make an impact in the marketplace and at their place of work. Chuck, can you put the scripture up for me? 
Matthew 5, 13 and 14, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. And that's what God has called us to be, that that light of the world that isn't hidden with the basket, but that we're placed on the hill for all to see that Christ lives in us and through us. So pray with me tonight that God would give us boldness and ideas to impact the lives of the co-workers and friends and at the marketplace and in the jobs that we work in. Father, we love you. And God, I do pray that you would give boldness to us, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Father, I pray that we would not worry about what people think of us, but we would only be concerned about what you think of us, Lord, so that the day when we go home, we can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Father, I pray for wisdom that you would give us creative ideas on, on how to reach our co-workers and, and friends, Lord, who don't know you. Give us supernatural wisdom. You said if we lack of wisdom that we should just only ask and that you give generously. So, Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom on how to reach the lost. Give us a hunger, Father, to reach them. I pray, God, that you would open our eyes and that we could see them the way that you see them, Father. Let us see them the way you see them. Father, I pray that when we speak, that our words would be powerful and that they would cut to the core. God, I I pray that for everyone here tonight, Lord, that we would choose our words carefully, that we would know when to speak or when to be silent, and at all times that we would live a life worthy of Jesus. Help us, Lord. Touch your people, Father. God, we want to see uh, we want to see a spiritual renewal in our city, Lord. And it starts here at the house of the Lord. So Father, touch all of us. Give us wisdom, give us the strength that we need to be the lights of the world, and that we might shine bright in this city of Homa and Thibodeau, Lord. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. You can pray with your groups now.
Next, we want to pray that Bible-believing, Christ-centered churches would not compromise the truth of God's Word. And when Pastor Ben sent the scripture for me to study and pray tonight on, I was thinking, Jimmy, what's the biggest fear that you have at Homer Christian School as the principal? And I know we think of uh, child safety and curriculum and all those things, and I know I probably shared that with Ben. My biggest fear is that God's Word would never, ever be compromised at Homer Christian School. That's a big fear I have. It's a big responsibility we have. And when I was studying that, I was thinking of a story I read, because compromise is about being in two places, one or two places. We either being in a place of righteousness or we've been in a place of sin. We either being in a place of darkness or we've been in a place of light. We have to make a choice. God gives us that free choice to make. And I was reading a story today, and it was talking about a Civil War soldier who was afraid to be harmed, and he was not sure which side to fight on. So he come up with his decision. He put on a coat that represented the North, and he put on some trousers that represented the South. And guess what? He was shot by both sides. And I think that represents that we can't be in two places. In Revelation, Jesus tells us, you know, you're either going to be hot or cold. Don't try to be lukewarm. He's going to spit you out. And that's where God calls us to be. Choose righteousness. And it's not hard. It's, I mean, it's not easy. When I think of compromise, if you take C-O-M off a of compromise, what do you have? You have promise. And that's where we need to be at. We need to be falling under the promise, not only under the promise of God, but the, of the person who made that promise, the one that would never break that promise. And my scripture tonight is 1 Timothy 3.15. I want to look at it. And there's really three points. There's so much in this short scripture. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, I am delayed you would know how many you would know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. And really, Paul could have been right here right into Living Word Church. He could have been right into Homa. Because the same struggles that they went to, we go through. And three points that I want to focus on. One, he was talking about a living God. Paul wanted to remind him that we serve one living God. There's only one living God. And can I tell you that the church belongs to the living God? Because the church is not contracted out. God doesn't contract the church out. The church belongs to God. Just as the moon and the stars belong to God, the church belongs to God. So he wanted to remind them there's one living God, all-powerful, all-knowing God. And he also wanted to talk about expectations. God has expectations for all of us, our behavior. God makes clear expectations on how we should conduct our lives, and our lives should be aligned to the truth of his word. And the other thing I found, the pillar and foundation of truth. And I found something, I read something also interesting is that it's as important as the church is, and it's very important. The people and the church leaders are very important. But the church leaders are not the sole arbiters of the truth of God. God leaves that responsibility to us, to everyone. Everyone should have the word of God etched into their heart and should know it. Matter of fact, in Galatians, Paul talks about even if an angel preaches something contradictory to the truth, they would be cursed, and we should recognize that as Christians. So, Brother Ben, not to put too much pressure on you, but we should know God's word. 
So we serve one living and powerful God. And we have clear expectations for our behavior and how we should conduct ourselves because our lives are a holy testimony to the kingdom of heaven. You know, God tells us always be ready to give our testimony to help get someone to heaven. So I just want to pray for our church, for our Christian school, especially Homer Christian school, such a huge responsibility and compromise. And compromise is not an issue for just non-believers. Everyone struggles with compromise. A person doesn't fall all of a sudden. I believe there's a few small missteps. Then a few missteps lead to a small compromise. Then a small compromise leads to a big compromise. And the next thing you know, we find ourselves in a hole of sin that we can't get ourselves out of. But God gives us a clear plan how to prevent ourselves from getting in that situation. So let's just pray for our churches, our church leaders. And not only that, the congregations across this country and this world. Father God, we just thank you so much. Lord, we're so blessed to have access to you. Lord, thank you for giving us access to you through your son, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice he made at Calvary, Father God. We thank you so much for that. Lord, we lift up Living Word Church. We lift up all the churches across this great country and this world. And the pastors and the church leaders that you would bless them beyond measure. That no matter the circumstances, no matter the circumstances, God, they would boldly proclaim your truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Always, Father God. And Lord, I just pray that again, that the congregations and all the people and the Christians and the non-Christians, Father God, that you would just, that your word would never be compromised. Not only in churches, but the Christian schools, Father God, I just pray that your truth would reign so loud and so clear. I lift up the pastors, Father God. I pray that you would just give them wisdom and give them discernment and give them knowledge, divine knowledge, divine discernment, Father God, to preach your word with truth, with clarity, and never compromising. Again, Father God, we lift up this country, that your word, again, your gospel and your truth would never be compromised in no situation. Lord, we live in serious times where compromise seems to be a a huge issue right now, Father God. Politicians want to compromise their beliefs, Father God, to get elected, to pass legislation. So many people compromise, and Father God, I pray that a revival will reign across this country, that people through the Holy Spirit will be prompted to, to know more of you, Father God, to want to be close to you. And that walls would be torn down and chains would be broken and hearts would be opened and lives would be saved and your kingdom would be advanced. We lift up especially Living Word Church. Father God, I thank you so much to come to a church that is not compromising. We are so blessed. Again, Father God, we pray for your Holy Spirit to flow across this great country, pulling people to you. And it's in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can break up in your groups at this time.
I'm going to pray now for our last prayer focus for tonight. I just simply put, send, send me. You know, we've kind of prayed that multiple times in some of the prayer focuses that we had. But we kind of want to end with that because I think that's the greatest way to end this. You know, that if we're praying for spiritual awakening in our community, I believe that the foundation of that and the root of that is that God would use us. God's going to begin a spiritual awakening. It's going to begin. It's going to be. It's going to begin one person at a time. As as you are bold and as you're the salt of the earth and as you are not ashamed and compromise the truth, one person at a time in the marketplace, on your jobs, at school, wherever God places you, in your family with those that don't know Christ. And that's where it starts. And I just want to read Isaiah six. This is the prophet Isaiah, and I believe this is the the foundation for being sent. This is where it starts. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. Can you imagine that, that scene right there? And I said, Isaiah, after seeing this vision, seeing the seraphim, the angels, and seeing the smoke, and seeing and feeling the shaking of the doorpost, I said, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And you know, that's, that's where it's at right there. You, you, this is kind of linked to the first prayer focus that people would recognize and see their need. People need to see who God is. They need to see that He's holy, holy. He's three times holy. He's holy, holy, holy. He's infinitely holy. You know, when the writers would write, holy, holy, holy. It, 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 it was to describe that God is infinitely holy. That's why they wrote it three times. But it's really only written once. They fly and say holy, but the writers wrote it three times holy, that he's infinitely holy. And when people see that, they recognize that they're undone. Woe is me, I'm lost, I'm unclean. I dwell in the midst of people that are unclean. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that had taken that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. I just believe that that's the foundation for how a spiritual awakening is going to start. That because we've seen the Lord, We've seen him in his holiness. And then because we've seen him in his holiness, we've seen our uncleanness. And because we've seen our uncleanness, we recognize that we need to be purified and cleansed. And that's where salvation takes place. And we've been saved. And so because, like Isaiah, we recognize we dwell amongst the people of unclean lips, then we say, when the Lord says, who's going to go? When the Lord says, the fields are right in the harvest, we say, here I am, Lord, I'll go. Because I've seen you. I've seen that you're holy, and I've seen who I am, and I look out around me, and I see that there are a lot of unclean people that looked like I looked, 
and you touched my lips, you cleansed me, you saved me. So, Lord, you want, you want someone to go? God, I'll go. I'll go. And Lord, I, I need that. You know, it's easy for me as a pastor. I get up here and, and, and I preach, and it's comfortable. It's air-conditioned. I'm, I'm, I'm around a bunch of Christians. You know, and I, I, I need a revival of this in my heart that whenever I'm at Rouse's and I'm getting my oil change at Goodyear, or I'm, wherever I'm going, I need more boldness. I, I, it's easier for me to be bold here. This is, this is, these are my confines. I work around Christians. It's hard for me to witness in my marketplace. <laughs> if, if there's non-Christians at the church, they, they just get fired, right? Working at the church. The prerequisite to work at Living Word Church is you got to be a Christian. If you're not, let's get you saved, and then maybe you can work at the church. But I pray that I, I would be bold. You know, I, I remember whenever I was in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s, people would go out with me. I'd go out to eat places. Some people would get embarrassed to be around me because I was talking to everybody. I remember one time I was at Subway. This was in Natchez, Natchez, Mississippi. I remember getting our sandwiches ordered. And the lady behind the counter, she looked really distressed. I think I was 19 years old, 20 years old. She said, oh, and so I asked her, I said, what's wrong? She said, oh, my head hurts so bad. And so there's just people there. And I just said, well, let's pray for you. And so we, we gathered hands and she was kind of didn't know what was going on embarrassed a little bit and so I, I just grabbed her hand and we prayed for her and she and, and when I was done praying she went oh she said it's gone it's gone and I, I mean I didn't I mean I believed that God could touch her head but but I just remember those times that zeal that I had and I, I just pray that I would I would still have that zeal and I pray that we would all have that zeal you know it really doesn't matter what people think I mean, there's some crazy people in this world that don't care what others think. And I pray that we would be like that too, that we really don't care what people think. It's okay if people are waiting in line for us. Let's just speak the truth. If God lays something on your heart to say to somebody in the checkout line, wherever you're at, just say it. Just say it. Just obey the Lord. I pray that I would do the same thing too. Amen. Lord, send us. Send us, Lord. Send us, Lord. Help us to open our mouth. Help us to open our mouth, Lord. That's how an an awakening starts. It's through us opening our mouth. God, we know uh, that that salvation comes through the power of the gospel. So, Lord, help us to open our mouth and to speak hope, to speak truth, to speak it with compassion and love. Lord, this is why you sent us. This is why we're here. God, you have saved us, and you've given us the most precious commodity that any human being can have, salvation through your name, the name of your Son. Lord, may we share that truth and that commodity, that precious truth with others. Thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you brought us here tonight. And I got to pray that we would leave here empowered and, and, and motivated, Lord, to speak the truth of your word. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I just want to do this. I want to close with giving people an opportunity if you need prayer. If you need prayer about anything, we want to pray for you. And so we're going to have some prayer counselors. We'll come down front. But if you don't need prayer, you're free to go. You, you, you can be dismissed and you can head on out. But if you need prayer about anything, please make your way down front. We want to pray for you.